0: Last night we had the fourth Republican debate. You know what I think hurt the most is people were tweet. I was tweeting it a little bit as I was watching. It. People were yeah. like, "What are you watching this on? Where is this?" It was on the Fox Business Channel, and I, I knew about it in advance, so I was able to find it. Yeah, sometimes they put it on hard to find spots. Yeah, I, I couldn't, and-, and then people don't know how to use the guide or Google. Uh, let's go. Every time there is a debate, we are fortunate to have. Uh, My friend, Mr. Herman Cain, let's properly introduce him. It's 102.5 The Bones
1: 2016 campaign full coverage. It's like listening to a bald eagle wrapped in an American flag eating an apple pie. Very American on this Veterans Day. Herman Cain, how are you, sir? Fine, Mike. Before we get started, can I say, I wish I could listen to you in the morning, but I have my show. I want to listen to your show for the pure entertainment value. Oh, I can't stop laughing.
0: You listen to me. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, it's
1: great. It's informative. I love it. So forgive me for digressing.
0: <laughs> no, hey, hey, this show is all about digressing, Herman. Trust me. Uh, by the way, we—I think—I don't think we spoke to you since we had Doctor Ben Carson on the air with us. I don't no, know if you were that.
1: Nope, I didn't know you had been on. That's great.
0: Uh, he, he, yeah, but with my luck, he—we uh, get him on the air, and then two days later, he starts talking all this crazy stuff about the pyramids. Right. And all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can I ask you what it, what uh, sure. what is
1: your re- religious beliefs? I am a. Baptist, which means I'm a Protestant believer, and I've been a Baptist since I was about nine or ten years old, so really, 60
0: years. all that means to me is that, see, I'm a Catholic because right. I went to 12 years of Catholic school. Right. So the only difference between you and I is you sing better than I do we on Sundays. We sing
1: better, and we make more noise doing service. Right, right, which other is kind of that, fun. Other than that, we believe in the Bible. Now, the seven-day Adventist, which I know he got, Ben Carson got, deemed by some people who were questioning that. The only difference between the Seventh-day Adventists and you and I is that they choose to worship on Saturday. That's ooh, all. Ooh. That's uh, the only difference. They still believe
0: in the Bible. They don't have a very good marketing tool. That Seventh-day Adventist sounds exactly. weird. It sounds it's, like, like exactly. Quaker. Quaker sounds like it should be bad, too. They like,
1: do need an image uh, overhaul, but, but the, all, that's the only difference.
0: The thing is that bothers me with, with Dr. Carson is simply that. He's a doctor. And I would love to believe, I I, I do believe in God, I don't really know to what capacity anymore, but it bothers me that a man of science is so easily sucked into uh, believing some of the things that have been translated in the Bible over the years that you know just scientifically can't be proven. And uh, some of that is obviously faith, but some of that is also ridiculous. I don't believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. There wasn't one man who built an ark and put two of every animal. And I can't have a man running my country who who believes uh, those sort of things word for word.
1: Well, see, here's the thing. I don't know if he believes it word for word. I am a Baptist and I've been studying the Bible all my life. The Old Testament is a Old Testament book of history. Then you got the New Testament, which is a new covenant you have to separate history from what the current uh, covenant ought to be between you and god and jesus christ and you know we believe in the the holy trinity Yeah. so you no know, people who say that they believe the Old Testament word for word for word, I don't think they really mean that. They use that to try to suck people in. Uh-huh. I, I look at the Old Testament as a historical book. There are a lot of lessons to be learned right. from the Old Testament. But no, if you want to know what it is that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit want you to do, you go to the New Testament. Yeah, it's a good guidebook. Give you it's an idea guide. what you yes. should be doing. Yes, yes, yes. Because here's the other thing, Mike. Nobody is perfect, so nobody's going to keep all of the commandments So don't judge people based upon the ones that they decide to keep and the ones that they don't keep. I'm not saying that that's a permission slip to break any commandments, but it just says, and it says in the New Testament, all of us have sinned. And all of us are going to continue to sin. The objective is to work toward sinning less. What
0: My, if we just try and choose like eight of the ten? Right, opinions? right. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's a pretty, that's pretty good
1: odds. My if you, let me tell you, if you can satisfy eight every day of your life. You are close to sainthood.
0: There you go. Okay. I'm about a C minus, much like I was at Algebra. <laughs> yeah. I got like a 68, you know, it's still you're going to pass. Just keep it real. Right. I'm not going to kill anybody. Uh, I don't really steal anything. Right. Some, day, I, some I, days are better than others. I will yeah. cover my neighbor's wife all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's one of the two you're going to give up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Herman Kane. Uh, did you watch the did you watch the minor league debate yes, last night? Yes, I watched
1: the f- complete minor league and also watched the major league last night. And in the minor league I thought that Mike Huckabee was excellent as always, even though he's not gaining any traction. Chris he's not, Christie, he's not. Yeah. You
0: can't have a president
1: Huckabee. It's just never gonna. It's never gonna fly. President Huckabee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's something about the he, name. He misses you know, calling back in the eighteen hundreds. We, we were talking about a marketing overhaul. Well, you know, you know, part of it is perception and marketing, and that name just doesn't ring. And then Chris Christie, I thought, did a great job in the debate. But here again, the debate performance alone. Does not determine how you're going to do in the polls. We're going to have to wait a week to see if any changes take place as a result of the performances on the first one as well as the second one. Galvin calls it the kids' table. I love yeah. it. Uh, and, kids' table, happy hour, you know, because it used to be at five o'clock, so they moved it to seven. <laughs> so now. I like that. It's the kids' table. Uh,
0: it, it was. It was interesting. I think I don't understand what Bobby Jindal is doing there anymore. These certain people just need to bow out at this point and leave gracefully. Uh, but Jindal
1: is in desperate mode. That's why his whole strategy was to attack. Attack, attack. He attacked Christie because he went in with a strategy that, in order for him to try and get some traction, he had to go into attack of any of the other governors. and since Christie was there, he was the target of his attack. but it didn't work. No, it's not going to cause him to climb in the polls.
0: No, and uh, and Christie, I, I was surprised he was at the kids' table, but I think he, the fact that he went in there and and, and did well, I think helps him. And yeah. then in, in the uh, in the big show, which I thought was was probably the most interesting one last night. Yes, uh,
1: because there was a lot of a lot of good infighting, the way it should be. There was a lot of discussion about the difference between their policies, which I loved, and I'm going to talk about it on Herman Cain's show. That uh, you know, once people get through listening to your show, they can go online at com and listen live because I'm going to break down what happened on the big table, and that you know, and that is you know, the winners. The winners, the losers, and those in between, based upon the issues and substance. The big winner last night was the American public. We learned something about the candidates and where they stand on the most important issues. Sadly, though, winner.
0: sadly though, when it comes to uh, uh, finances and and uh, the economy, I don't. I think. I mean, I I like to think that I'm a little bit above average because I do so much reading about stuff, and still. I had no idea what the hell they were saying last night. I, I, everyone's going to lie their own lie, yep. and uh, you walk away at the end, and you kind of go, "I kind of like what this guy said," but who knows? Yep. Whatever they say is, if they're actually going to be able to implement anything.
1: Well, that's why you listen to the Herman Cain show. Yeah, because you I, I connect the dots on the financial stuff and on the tax stuff, especially because that was one of the things that I led with every time I did a discussion about how to, what we need to do to fix the country. And the good news from last night is that all of the candidates recognize that it's. Starts with a robust economy. How they get there is different because they have different ideas about how to stimulate the economy. But the good news is for me is that they all recognize that that's where you start.
0: Uh, I heard uh, everybody was, you were crazy with the 999, but all of a sudden there was a 101010
1: 10, 10 last night. Oh, yeah, that was a 101010 10, 10, and then that was a 15 mm-hmm. and a 14.5. Look, I'm just happy that they are addressing it seriously. Because here's the deal relative to the tax proposals. Now, some people are gonna say that Marco Rubio won the debate. I believe Marco Rubio had more impressive moments than the other candidates. All of the candidates had some impressive moments, but Marco Rubio probably had more. So I'm not gonna declare him a winner of the overall debate. That's what you know, that's what some people in the media like to do. Yeah. But here's the thing. My biggest Ding against Rubio is that he starts out with his tax proposal, which is better than what we have. That is true. But if you put on the table, a half a loaf in front of the vultures in Washington, D.C., including the lobbyists and including the members of Congress, you're going to end up with a tenth of a loaf by the time they get through with it. So that's why I favor the people who put a whole loaf on the table, which starts with replace the tax code. I don't care if it's 10, 10, 10, 15, 14.5. Start with replace the whole tax code, and you might end up with 0.7 0.7 percent of a loaf instead of 10 percent. He's starting with reform the tax code. That's only going to give you ten, a tenth of a loaf.
0: Do you think a uh, a business person in there like uh, Fiorina
1: or Trump would, would be better at, at that? Yes, and here's why. They would be better at connecting the proposal relative to replacing the tax code with Main Street America and talking kitchen table economics—that is what's usually missing when somebody goes to the White House. The other thing that happens if you get an establishment candidate—and I've seen this—they get to the White House, and that staff plays defense for four years so they can friggin' get reelected. It's not <laughs> about getting truth. reelected. That's the truth. Yeah. So what they, what the candidate gets talked out of is staying bold. Where we're going to replace the tax code. Let me give you a very real example very, very quick, Mike when i when mitt romney got the nomination i visited with mitt romney 3 times i suggested to mitt romney you need to be bolder on changing the tax code i said mitt my recommend these are my exact words mike okay i said you need to use the term replace the tax code and stop talking about reforming it replace 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 i said now, mitt You don't have to replace it with 999. I does not care. (laughs) You don't have to replace it with the flat tax. You don't have to replace it with the fair tax. But here's the thing. The flat tax and the fair tax have been studied to death. That's two good options. Just start saying we need to replace the tax code and get away from all of this political narrative. Do you know what his staff did? They talked him out of it. You never heard that from Mitt Romney. He was out there talking about his 27-point plan, <laughs> which didn't do diddly for the American people. They, they couldn't connect with that. So I'm looking for the candidate. That's going to talk, start with the whole loaf, replacing the tax code, and then see what you end up with. Uh, uh,
0: this is Herman Kane, by the way. He's joining us. You can listen to his radio show at uh, Airst, uh, after this show today. Uh, Herman had a crazy <laughs> idea to run for president at one point, but you can see he's a very smart guy. Uh, I, I thought Trump uh, was a double loser this week. I thought he did terrible on Saturday Night Live. Uh, which is a big deal to uh to the American people yeah uh, because you it's true I mean I sadly uh you know half these people who are aren't even voting are be like I'm gonna watch yeah. uh, Trump on Saturday Night Live and he's gonna be my guy and he wasn't even funny uh and then last night the the sad reality was while people were talking about tax codes and economic plans it seemed to me like uh, everybody's fighting for airtime and it seemed like he he ran out of things to say within his allotted amount of time i think he's reached his capacity as to what he can do he's very entertaining but i don't think he's got much more than that
1: see donald trump is in a Cash 22 I, i agree with you by the way uh Saturday Night Live was more controversial in the media than his actual appearance, which it was not all that entertaining. Okay, if you're going to go on there, either you know don't do stuff that's not going to be really really entertaining and this sort of thing. So I agree with you on that. Now, in terms of Donald Trump, here's the deal: he was accused and criticized for being boastful, uh, uh, loud talking, rambunctious. The first couple of debates. So now he's toned it down. Now he's going to be criticized that says, well, he's not being Donald Trump enough. But here's the deal: he answered questions that was taken to him, but he didn't come across the way he did in the first couple of debates. Let's see how that translates relative to the polls. And now the biggest, the biggest thing that I think is going to hurt Donald Trump is he didn't adequately defend his position on what he wanted to do about uh, illegal immigration i think marco rubio gave the best answer on immigration of all of the people up there last night when he said i agree we 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 got to start at the right point you don't start with who you're going to deport you start with securing the border." his answer was the clearest and the most logical of all of the candidates in terms of what we need to do about illegal immigration
0: and trump had it right from the beginning where he wanted to do the same thing by building the wall and, right. and we're going to demand that Mexican pay, Mexico pays for it, blah, blah, blah. But then last night with that crazy, we're going to go round up everybody, and uh, all I pictured them was the little, little Mexican family sitting in a one-bedroom house eating rice right. and beans, and the doors kick open, and they grab the parents, and it just didn't create a good scene See, for anybody. His,
1: his comeback should have been, that's not literally what we are going to do. Right. That's all he had to say. But he didn't jump in and say that. He allowed those that said that, It's not practical that you're going to round up everybody and boot them out and all this kind of stuff. He let them get away with that. That's where he fell down last night. He should have jumped in and said, well, they're talking about me. Now, let me tell you what. Practically, no, that's not what I mean. And he has never expanded on that. So I think that's going to hurt him.
0: Uh, If you were up on that podium
1: last night and they asked you if you would raise minimum wage, would you do that now? I would say no. No. And here's why because I'm not going to compromise my principle. My principle is allow the market to determine wages. Period. The fact that we already have a minimum wage, I don't want to go back and undo that, but to continue to say we need to take $7.75 an hour which is a starting rate wage. And this is where the conservatives and Republicans don't do a good job of, of distinguishing between the two. And you're going to nearly double it to $15. Look at all of the damage that it's going to cause. If you were to do that, start with Seattle. They did it. They've already documented. They lost 700 jobs. Yeah. You see liberals and Democrats, they ignore the facts. That's one of my sin tactics that I talk about, Mike. I don't know if I've shared it with you and your S I N. That's what liberals do S they shift the subject. I. They ignore the facts, and in they name call. Everything that they do against conservatives, you can classify in one of those categories.
0: That's what I do on this show when we have guests on. You oh, <laughs> I shift, I shift it, and I sin it, and then I you, name call. You
1: shift, and you ignore the facts, and you name. And call. then I
0: whip and nene all at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, let me let me ask you a little lighter. Yeah. Uh, did you did you enjoy the uh,
1: preview for the
0: Benghazi movie in the middle of the
1: debates? I did, uh, that and was great. Th- to be honest with you, it piqued my interest because I want to see how they're going to portray-, portray this whole Benghazi thing given the stuff that we now know about it. Let's face it, the, D- the liberals and the Democrats are critical of the fact that, the c- that Congress wants to continue to investigate and ask questions. I'm glad that they are yeah. because every time they do, we learn something else. Now, what I don't know is, what did the movie makers know that we didn't know yet that may come out in that in the movie, so I'm curious. I maybe they the got movie. a hold of Hillary's emails and they were able to piece the ah, movie together from there. Maybe that's why it took so long for the government to get them back. They were in <laughs> Hollywood being 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 raked over the coals. Uh,
0: I, if I this is in my mind, I feel like after the debate was over, Marco yeah. Rubio got in his car and his cell phone rang, and he said hello, and on the other end was his father, and he's like, "Mijo, it's it's too padre," <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, papa, how did I do on TV?" and he goes, "Listen." Stop telling everybody how poor I was. You're embarrassing the whole family. Stop trying to get the sympathy vote and be happy that you're not poor. Go fix your minivan with your credit card and stop making the rest of the family look... uh I mean, that guy uh, can't even go outside and everybody's like, oh, already."
1: Right. With how poor we were, okay. Well, it's the first
0: thing out of his mouth, <laughs> I, I was waiting to see when he would pull the my parents' report card. Was the first thing he said. You know my parents. That that kind of irritates you. Oh doesn't my god! It? That <laughs> he's going to the cafe to get coffee, and they're like, "It's on the house." Yeah, yeah, we right. know.
1: Oh, we know your yeah. history. Yeah, we got it. And well, look, I'm here again. His staff. Look, here's here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. And I know this from from experience. You have candidates against candidates and staffs against staffs There are two campaigns going on out there. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. The stronger candidates, they basically lead the staff and say what they are and they are not going to do. The candidates sometimes give in to what the staff is recommending you know for example the last debate when bush was told jet was told attack rubio right. well that bombed he didn't do that this time you know and then you had jindal coming in with the express strategy of attacking another governor to try to draw a contrast between him and another governor that didn't work and so he's getting that from his staff that's telling them to do this and when you in this debate and you're going to get the few minutes that you are going to get, okay? Have a winning strategy. Marco Rubio's winning strategy was, number one, stay positive. Number two, don't attack anybody. You might defend uh, some attack on what you might say or something like that. He kept it positive he was able to give some connect to the kitchen table. You know the one he talked about, welders and philosophers? Yes. That connects to kitchen table talk. Uh, Absolutely. And and, And, uh, you know, and it, I mean, that was a great metaphor. And so the more of that that he does, the better off he's gonna be. The more that all of the candidates do. But don't start with how poor my papa was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing is is those hard workers out there, those welders and those sort of folks, They look. They needed somebody to because uh, yes. they they're very much like they they're you know teamsters. And then they go, hey, finally we got a guy speaking about us, the hard working right. man.
1: Exactly, uh, and that was the point of that comment. And you know he's going to be criticized by those that don't like him, but he's going to be applauded by those that do like him. I think it's a great metaphor. And welders is just a, a surrogate terminology sure. for any hard working people that are out there trying to make. it. You got to connect the political rhetoric that you use not the political narrative of the establishment with what i call kitchen table talk and connect the tax plan with kitchen table economics
0: yeah i was i was brilliant i thought he walked away last night after watching that and and i said okay whether i like him or not i think he's going to be the guy that at the end of this is going to walk away but at the same time that carly fiorina you want to get you want to uh get the woman vote you want to get her she's a good vice presidential candidate uh she I thought when she started rattling off the names of the countries and how yep. uh, she, you know, met with P- Putin and she knew all these this uh, Arab guy from here and there, uh, <laughs> that that was a little impressive. It was very impressive, yeah, because uh, you know a, a couple of months ago I was like, oh, she ruined HP. What is she going to do? Well, she's yep. she's world uh, known and she's done business in all these places before, which is what
1: we need—a business person who's used to doing business with these other countries. Exactly, Mike. Don't fall into the trap. She did not ruin HP. That was a piece written by a guy who did a hit job on her performance at H.P., but that was another piece written by a guy who was on the board of directors when she was there. He applauded what she did under the circumstances and conditions that she had to do. So, you know, but but the narrative out there is that she ruined H.P. No, she did not. So I want to set the record straight. Secondly, you're right. I have said, I don't know whether I have said it on your show or other shows, that in fact, she would be a great VP candidate. Yeah. Not just because of the woman's vote, but because she's articulate, she's smart, she would help frame issues and problems and solutions, and she would be a great spokesperson. She would be a great spokesperson for uh, what the administration is trying to do.
0: And that's basically the uh, the vice president's job for those four years is to be that right. diplomat that goes over and deals with the other countries. You got it. Uh, and I, I think she she showed last night that she definitely I, the H P thing, by the way. I mean that was what was pinned on her. When oh, yeah. she first came out of nowhere, and,
1: and it keeps circulating because people go back and look those stories up, and that was the headline, and that's just simply not true. Well, Mike, I'm having a great time, but uh, I got another station, uh, one of our sisters. I don't like that. I got to be honest. Waiting, waiting for I feel me. like you're cheating on wait, me. Now. Wait, <laughs> waiting for me. <laughs> let, <laughs> we, we haven't had our first date yet, so I'm not cheating yet. Let wait me ask you one quick date. question
0: before you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, I asked Ben Carson what his favorite TV show is. I wanted to know if he which Real Housewives show he watched, and he didn't know anything about it. You, watch, you like the Real Housewives of Atlanta, though, don't you? No. Come on. No. What do you watch besides the news? What's your
1: favorite show? Uh, the NFL and the college football games. You don't have any guilty pleasure. I no. don't catch you watching oh, No, River. I didn't say that. Oh, what do you— It's oh, just not TV, and I'm not going to tell
0: you. Ooh, I like that. Better. <laughs> Even better. This is Herman Kane. He is. I love having you on the <laughs> show. Hey, uh, Mike,
1: he, let's do it again, buddy. But come, like to said, come to town. Come to Tampa. Tampa, folks, after the first of the year. Stay tuned to the Mike Calter Show, and you'll know we're going to do a live performance somewhere s- doing yep. something. We're going to sing like Ebony the, and Ivory together. We're gonna oh, sing, yeah. oh, yes! We're going to have Ebony and Ivory. is going to have a theme song. We're going to light it up with a live <laughs> performance with Herman Kane and Carlton and his game. I'm his gang. and I'm looking forward to it, guys. You're awesome. Thank you, Herman. Thanks, man. Take Enjoyed it easy, it. buddy. Bye-bye. Love right. you, Herman. There you go. Steve and Julie Weintraub here for the Golden Diamond Source. If you're thinking about getting engaged, Golden Diamond Source is your one-stop destination.
0: Shop, compare, and save at the Golden Diamond Source.
1: 3800 Almerton Road,
0: or online at GoldenDiamondSource.com. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.